Welcome to The Follower, a podcast to grow in loving Jesus and following Him for Crew Santa Barbara students and for whoever else may be listening. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we have Johnny Ramos. Uh, Johnny and I are the same age and we're in the same grade in college, Um, although we really got to know each other more when we were on the staff team together. Uh, Johnny is a prayer warrior, probably cares about prayer more than most other people I know. (laughs) Um, And he is currently crew staff support raising uh, full time to be on campus, hopefully in the fall with us. Um, He's a man of many interests and my friend. So welcome, Johnny. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much uh, for the introduction. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Do you want to add anything to that to introduce yourself? Any personal hobbies or fun facts? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, I I think you did a great job introducing kind of who I am coming into this conversation. Um, I did graduate in 2016 uh, from UCSB. I studied philosophy and religious studies. Um, Love talking about (coughs) philosophical topics. Um, and I love prayer. Thanks for mentioning that too. Uh, <laughs> and excited to be uh, working through um, hobbies. Uh, well, I think, Haley, that you know most of my uh, personal hobbies already, but for the listeners, um, <laughs> I, I, love, uh, I love sports. I love tennis, football, table tennis, ping pong. Absolutely love that. I can, I can be on a ping pong for hours. Um, I, <laughs> uh, I love coffee. Um, anything related to coffee. I love brewing it. I love serving it. I love drinking it. Um, and <laughs> camping, that's a fun one that I don't talk about as much, but I that's love true. Um, and I-, I feel like there's few things as refreshing for my soul than sitting close to a campfire. Mm. Uh, with a cup of coffee, maybe? With a cup of coffee, absolutely. <laughs> that is the ideal morning. <laughs> uh, and the last thing is cooking. I love to cook. Uh, and if you don't me i have an instagram page just dedicated to sharing some of the some of the food that i cook so what's the instagram handle for people who want to follow yeah hit up instagram um at johnny ramos okay you'll get to see some of the things that i've been up to perfect yes i love all of your interests specifically table tennis and we love giving you a hard time about that but it's great you're really good at it (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, it's a passion for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I am, I've been looking forward to our conversation today. Um, one, because I know that it's something you're passionate about and, um, have not have led groups of people through before, but yeah, today we're going to discuss the spiritual discipline of lament. Um, and what is that? And, um, kind of in the wake of George Floyd. And so, yeah, just to start off, Johnny, what, how would you define lament? Yeah, thank you. Um, lament. So I want to uh, kind of be clear about what I'm going to speak about today. Um, I'm going to be looking at, at lament as a discipline. Um, I do want to talk about racism, and I'm going to periodically come back to that, mm. particularly looking at lament as an appropriate response to racism. Mm. Um, but I think a little or the core is going to be focused on, on what lament is just so we can even enter into this conversation. Um, but, uh, it's interesting that you asked me how I would define it, what, what kind of definition I would come up with. Cause, uh, I was curious about this myself. Um, 
what, what is the actual definition of upward lament? Because the truth is, it's not a word we use current day. Yeah. I don't go around telling my friends, hey, I'll bear back, gotta go lament something. <laughs> uh, it's just, <laughs> despite the fact I might do that, but <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not common vocabulary. Um, yeah. And so if you type it in on Google, you just say definition of lament, you're met with a couple of responses that I want to share. Um, mm. First of all, it's a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. Mm. And it's crying out in grief or mourning to express regret, disappointment, mm. or complaint over something that's considered unsatisfactory, unreasonable, or unfair. Mm. And so one thing stood out to me particularly um, is is not the same as just being sad um so grief and sorrow and mourning are inward experiences of emotion inside of me i feel this sadness i feel grief lament um specifically is actually an an outward expression of that emotion so Mm -hmm. it's not lament alone to say oh i feel sad but it's expressing it bringing it into words often um poems action and when we look particularly at the concept of biblical lament, um, we see it kind of manifest form of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a form of prayer where you are expressing some of those things, those griefs and sorrows and pains um, and suffering. Ultimately, mm-hmm. uh, we see this um, throughout Scripture. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that as we go. But if I could define myself, um, I would say something along the lines of crying out to God in an and real expression of pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. I out to God in an honest and real expression of pain and suffering. And you know what? We'll talk about this too, but I'd probably add in something about asking God to act upon um, that pain. Yeah. Um, I want to share too that I'm not an expert, uh, I don't believe, on this. And I I mostly just to share some things that I've been learning. Um, And it's a very complex subject, so this might be a little bit more of of an to lament um, and I think you can definitely get deeper uh, and I have a lot to learn that I'm excited about but I'll kind of point out uh, some of the things I observe from laments in scripture mm-hmm. um, some things you see first of all uh, it's interesting to note that about a third even more than a third of the psalms um, include some form of lament they talk about pain and uh, even though in, in my mind previously psalms were uplifting and bright and joyful you lead waters um, and those are true and there are plenty of psalms uh, that talk about that but there's a pretty considerable amount that talk about pain and mm-hmm. suffering and i think it's it's, it's sizable enough anything in scripture we should notice but this is pretty significant um that I, I really want to pay attention to what's going on so some of the the things that i see in lament uh is that it's real uh, mm-hmm. lament is brutally honest before god about how we feel it doesn't hold back it doesn't pretend uh that Things okay. Yeah. Um, it's often painful, confusing. It's uh, when we feel like we have to be all put together in orderly. Lament is not. <laughs> it's it's messy. Yeah. It's disorderly. It's chaotic uh, because it's a true expression of how we feel, and, and we often feel things that are chaotic yeah. and painful, and confusing. Um, and lament is protest. Lament is mm-hmm. is. Uh, to God and saying, okay, here's the situation. Here's what's going on. This is reality and I don't like it and I want change. Mm. 
want change. And so there's a, a couple themes um, that kind of come up. That I guess you, what, I, what I'm trying to say is there's different ways we can lament, um, different themes that pop out throughout some of the Psalms and the Book of Lamentations. Uh, I watched a video recently um, from Azusa Pacific University, APU, um, just having this panel uh, that, that shared a little bit about lamenting. Hmm. Uh, they talked even about as a response to racism, but some themes that we see throughout the Bible um, are laments of repentance. So you have Psalm 25, uh, verse 11, saying, For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Themes of protection, do not let me be shame do not let my enemies exult over me mm-hmm. anger why lord do you stand far off why do you hide yourself in times of trouble fear my soul is struck with terror abandonment my god my god why have you forsaken me mm-hmm. why are you so far from helping me protest do not be silent O god of my praise mm-hmm. do not be silent and despair for these things, I weep. My eyes flow with tears. This is in the book of Lamentations. Uh, for a comforter is far from me, one to revive my courage. My children are split, for the enemy has prevailed. Mm. So those are a couple themes. Repentance, protection, anger, fear, abandonment, protest, despair. Lament questions God, and it questions his plan. How long, O oh Lord, will you allow this? Where are you, God? What has been happening? How can this happen? Um, And lament, ask God for real change. Mm -hmm. And and finally, lament chooses to trust God. Um, We have Psalms that that often end with, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Mm -hmm. So I want to, I like these these popular themes um, of expressing very real pain deep emotion and then point out that the the psalmist uh, often returns to trust and saying i will trust you god but one thing i i I like to highlight too is that lament doesn't always end wrapped up in a neat little bow that says everything is going to be okay right um and i think sometimes when we look at the the endings of i trust you god (laughs) <laughs> where there's a temptation to erase all the pain you just expressed and like, but you know what? Okay. <laughs> um, right. And that's not really how we feel most of the time. You look at Lamentations chapter five, the ending of Lamentations. Uh, Lamentations is, is, is a book of lament specifically um, about Israel uh, being conquered by Babylon. And most of Israel's leaders um, are removed and taken into exile, but there are some that, that stay in Jerusalem. Um, and those that stay in, in Jerusalem are, are the, um, the oppressed and the suffering, the widows. Um, and they start to cry out in pain and say like, wait, where are you at God? Look what, look what's happened. And the Lamentations ends the entire book from verses 19 to 22 say, you Lord reign forever. Your throne endures from generation to generation. You always forget us. Why do you forsake us so long? Restore us to yourself, Lord, that we may return. Renew our days of old, unless you have utterly rejected and are angry with us beyond measure. Mm -hmm. 
and that's the ending. <laughs> so the men have to end with this like, oh, but everything's going to be okay and I love you and I trust you. Yeah. That is an important part of it. Uh, but I think the reality is that lament gives a space for honesty with the Lord and yeah. it gives a space for saying, I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And you make a decision to trust him, but we're allowed with God in a deep and meaningful way. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful, Johnny. That's really good. Um, and I think segues into the next question even well, but why would you say then that lament is important and maybe why specifically is it important in response to racism? Yeah, excellent question. So there's uh, three answers that come to my mind uh, to why lament is important, why we need to practice it. First of all, and I think um, we've already talked about this just in, in what lament is, but there's a strong thing in scripture. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so scripture is, is my first point um when you look at psalms when you look at uh lamentations when you look at job and when you look at jesus there are continual themes of lament and i think what's important in scripture ought to be important to us um jesus actually references psalm 22 in some of his final words um before his death on the cross Mm -hmm. he he says why have you forsaken me god this is a a, to a song of lament um and so if it's if it's something that's important to scripture if it's something that's important to, to jesus um i want to pay attention to it yeah. uh, so sure it's my first point second would be relationship um we praise god and we worship god uh, but we're also called to be in an intimate relationship with god hmm. uh, and a healthy relationship like any relationship requires honesty and yeah. requires communication um and so even though that we come to especially in our, in our songs of worship, we come to God in, in praise and celebration. A lot of times our experience life, um, you know, when we leave church on Sunday is we come across pain and suffering. Uh, we trust in God's goodness and his plan, but we still live on this side of eternity. Where there is hurtful moments where there is um, things that we need to lament. We can't just uh, neglect that part of our relationship with God. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm thinking about somebody, something that um, a friend uh, from my home group mentioned today, uh, saying like, I think about, uh, she was thinking about her relationship um, with her husband and just saying, what would our relationship look like if I only ever talked to him about the happy moments in mm-hmm. my life? <laughs> and the painful moments, I internalized, I kept quiet, mm-hmm. I didn't mention. Um, it probably wouldn't be a very healthy relationship. Right. And so this is, that's my second point, it's just we need authenticity with God, if we're going to be close with him, um, he wants us to talk about really feeling. Mm -hmm. Third, why is lament important? Change. So so I talked about scripture, I talked about relationship. Now I want to talk about change. Lamenting includes supplication. Supplication is asking God to actually change reality, asking Mm -hmm. God um, to do something. I think this is more, uh, or it can be more than just an inward transformation um, of your own heart, of your own values. When I pray, I do often ask God, like, you know, transform my heart, make more like you. Um, and those are good, valuable prayers. But there's also um, the reality of, that we can ask God to actually change things. <laughs> we can say, God, show up, do something, um, stop injustices, and change the world. Yeah. And really, um, 
this is something that uh, expresses faith that God can make change happen. (laughs) Yeah. And so if I'm not asking him for it, there's Mm -hmm. a problem. Um, Yeah. When I think of uh, a good example of this, of lament leading to change, uh, I think about the death of Lazarus in Jesus' resurrection. Um, So Mm -hmm. Lazarus dies and his sisters, Martha and Mary, are sad. Uh, very sad. They're weeping. Um, and what do they do? They, they come to Jesus and both of them individually say to Jesus, if you had been there, mm-hmm. a brother would not have died. So in the midst of their pain and their suffering, they protest. Yeah. They come to Jesus and they protest and they say, if you had only been there, mm-hmm. my brother would not have died. Reality could have been different. Where were you, God? Where are you? Yeah. And what does Jesus do? Well, first of all, he weeps. Mm-hmm. And Jesus actually joins them in their lament and says that is hard, sad. Um, yeah. And there's a there's a, a part that stood out to me that says Jesus was deeply moved and troubled, mm-hmm. deeply moved and troubled. So here is the lament um, of Martha and Mary, people that Jesus loved, uh, that he loves us. Um, troubled his heart. <laughs> it made him mm-hmm. moved, saddened, um, and he went to the tomb and he resurrected Lazarus. So the process of lament, of expressing pain and protest and saying things could have been different or things can be different, moved God to change, <laughs> to change reality, to resurrect, um, which I just think is this powerful image and example. Our asking God to make things happen, knowing him like the depths of our pain and the way we really feel can move him, yeah. can, can change, uh, make, make change happen. And I think that's why to answer your last question, like what about in terms of as a response to racism, why do we need to lament? We need to lament because racism is evil. Racism is demonic. Uh, and we need change. It, yeah. It's led. It's led to suffering. It's led to death. Uh, and we we demand change. We want change. We need change. We want God to show up to transform hearts, um, to transform people, to transform countries, um, to bring just injustice, to bring injustice to an end. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's really good. I um listen to reality san francisco i think had a uh, podcast talking about lament last week a daily podcast and um your your comment on relationship reminded me of this but um he gave the example of a little kid who comes to their dad and says i hate you i hate you i hate you and they're upset and kicking and screaming and then they fall asleep crying in his arms but there's like a level of intimacy there that you would even be able to say your frustration, but at the same time, like trust the Lord. Um, and so that comes to mind. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a level of depth. Um, and kind of segueing off of that, uh, why do you think that the church, maybe specifically the American church, um, is so bad at lament or it's not common to our lingo, I would say at the very least. So 
Why do you think that is? Hmm. Well, that is a fantastic question. Um, and I can't say I have perfect answers for it, but I do have some thoughts. I warn uh, all of our listeners right now that my thoughts might make you uncomfortable. Hmm. And I challenge you to uh, sit in that discomfort, ponder it, think about it. I might say something you disagree with. Um, and if that's true, that's okay. You're, you're allowed to disagree. I'd love to have more conversation about it. Hmm. Um, but this is what's been on my mind. Uh, so when, I, I love that you made the clarification um, of American church, because when I ask uh, why is the church mad at lament um, right now, I am speaking particularly about predominantly white American evangelical churches. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, from my experience, what I've witnessed is that I, I think that many churches that are predominantly people of color have experienced this depth of injustice that yeah. led to lament, yeah. um, this depth of, of pain and suffering that has, I mean, really forced lament. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, okay, well, well, I'll just jump in because I'll talk about that in a second. But the first, the first point, why is, why is the church bad at lament? Um, we're not used to it. Mm-hmm. You just covered that by saying it's not, it's not a part of our lingo. Uh, it's not a part of our vocabulary. Um, I think my, my pastor from reality mentioned that um, in a sermon uh, just a, a couple weeks ago, not a part of our vocabulary. Um, and I think what the problem is, is that over time, uh, part of our, our as the American church um, is that we're taught that connection with God is supposed to look a certain way. It's supposed to be good, happy, joyful, peaceful, restful, celebratory amazing <laughs> all of those things are true yeah but when they're emphasized in, in such a way there's not really a lot of space for lament <laughs> and i think of some of the some of the things i grew up with um i grew up listening to positive and encouraging kayla <laughs> and that's great and thinking about christian radio and, and thinking yeah. about um, some of the guys that's entirely true, but some of these things being heard over and over again, uh, just kind of like slowly, um, I think, uh, really our corporate mentality as a church, how we yeah. do relationship with God and encouraging. I think of songs of praise, songs of God's goodness and of joy. I think about sermons that, that talk about persevering and happy endings. Mm-hmm. Just stick in there. God is good. He is faithful and with you all along the way. If you're in the midst of pain, uh, just hold on to God. Everything's going to be okay. And there's just not a lot of space for saying, spend time in the pain, (laughs) experience the suffering, talk to God about, be real about it. Um, It's, it's a lot more complex than just, just persevere because what does that even mean? (laughs) Do I just fast forward time to when this problem is not there anymore? No, I'm I'm still in it. I'm still experiencing the discomfort and the pain and the reality. Mm -hmm. And I do pray to God and I want things to change, but the truth, is that right here and now I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't talk about that. I mean, how, mm-hmm. how many sermons have we heard of, about lament, about uh, the book of lamentation? Not Sung Chong Ra talks about um, this not being a very popular uh, uh, a book to, to go through. Sung Chong Ra, by the way, um, is the author of a book called Prophetic Lament. I, I have not read this book, but I will kind of reference. Uh, I, I've seen some of his, his talks Germans. Um, but yeah, I, I, so with 
some of this like joyful, peaceful, restful, celebratory themes in our church, the idea of tension with God just doesn't fit. Mm. We can talk about suffering and pain, and we do sometimes, but tension with God, questioning God, saying, where are you? It just doesn't fit. It, it mm. feels awkward. It feels comfortable. It feels like we're not supposed to do it. And, and I don't think that's true. I think that's some of the conditioning that we've into from this message that you're supposed to be positive and encouraging. Um, mm. Back to Sing Chung Ra. <laughs> Love this guy. He talked about um, worship, worship and music and songs, um, pointing out one of the reasons why lament is not vocabulary because we we don't sing about it very mm. much. So we talked about uh, uh, almost forty percent of the psalms, including pain and suffering and lament. The other sixty being celebration and joy and, and good things uh, and happy feeling. Um, but when we look at our worship songs, uh, he pointed out uh, only about 5 to 10% of contemporary Christian worship songs mm-hmm. talk about and, and pain. And he was being generous with that. Yeah. <laughs> and he said that, 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 was a, that was a generous definition of them. Um, and so <clears throat> when 5 to 10% of our songs talk about the, the pain, <laughs> uh, it's not going to be a very strong part of our language. Yeah. Um, so, so the first of all is yes, it, it's uncommon to us. It's weird. It's unnatural. We're not used to it. Mm. Secondly, this is where I might bring out a little bit more confidence, um, bringing a little bit of heat. And so <laughs> what I want to say about the white evangelical American church is that corporately as a church body, there's been a lack of corporate suffering, mm. um, so I, this is a hard thing to say because I know there's going to be people listening, uh, maybe that say, "Hey, you don't know me. Like, how dare you say that I haven't suffered? You know, yeah. my, my, my whatever the, you know, my dog passed away. That would break my heart. Yeah. But like, there's so many like moments of pain and injustice individually in our lives that we do experience it. So I'm right. not saying that the American church has not suffered. Yeah, but corporately as a collective body. What I am saying is that the American white evangelical movement has not experienced as much injustice and pain as other church bodies. Yeah. It has been largely supported by majority culture. And when you're supported by majority culture, things run just a little bit smoother, just a yeah. little bit lighter um, with a, not as much pushback. And so when I think about churches that are predominantly people of color, I mentioned this earlier, but those injustices have often forced them into lamenting together. Hmm. There's almost nothing else you can do, but, but express your like pain before the Lord. Um, whereas in the white evangelical church, there has to be a challenge to hmm. challenge yourselves to learn how to lament sometimes. Yeah. I'm not trying to give a blanket statement. I'm sure many of us have experienced pain and, and yeah. suffering and might even be well-versed in lament. I'm just thinking collectively as a large movement, um, this is what seems to be true. Yeah. Uh, and and um, in the book, Prophetic Lament, there's a quote where Sing Chong Ra puts it well. He says, Christian communities easing from celebration don't want their lives changed because their lives are in a good place. And I just think about being comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's hard to lament when you're comfortable. 
Yeah. It's very hard to lament when you're comfortable. Yeah. Um, the third point that I want to say, why is it hard for us to lament, is specific to racism. I'm, I'm going to say, why do I think that they're just bad at lamenting racism specifically? And I think it's part of, of culture. I think that some parts of the American majority culture have dangerously merged mm. with Christianity. Yeah. And an example of this is going to be American triumphalism. So this excessive celebration of our success, its feelings of superiority, and it's quickly brushing over our sins mm. and not paying very much attention to them. Yeah. History that we teach, the history that I learned growing up as a kid, is that America is the land of the free, the land of the brave. It's the moral compass of the world. We do the right thing. We're good-hearted people, um, greatest country in the world. And when that narrative is is overly emphasized and some of the painful moments that we've done um, are ignored, brushed over, you know, that happened, but we're past that. It's done. Let's, let's move on. Right. Um, it, it makes it really hard repent we're not very good at repentance and without repentance it's gonna be really hard to lament racism because mm -hmm. of that we as a country have played in it um i'm going to give an example of not very good at, at repentance uh for things that we've done so think about 9 11 9 11 um terrorist attack 2000 996 uh, about this I, I tried to do a little bit of research but i noticed there's conflicting numbers um, but 2,996 deaths um, that we mourn and that we do lament. Mm -hmm. Good. We need to lament that. It was a heartbreaking moment in this country's history to cry out in our sorrow and our grief. And we come up with, with these, these, these things. Never forget 9-11. Never forget 9-11. We're in remembrance. This is all good. I should be doing this. But one thing stands out to me when we think about lynching. We think about lynchings in, in the history of our country. Um, do we spend as much time really painfully lamenting over mm -hmm. what we've done with the lynching of black bodies? Equal justice. So I mentioned 2,996 deaths from 9-11. Uh, Equal justice, um, a, a, an organization um, that fights for... Um, well, they're they're a, law, uh, a law organization um, that fights for injustices, primarily in law um, and in prison cases, but they did a study um, in 2015 that builds that probably about 3,959 black men, women, children were lynched in 12 southern states between 1877 and 1950. Wow. 3,959. That's only, and that's only in, in 12 specific states and only at a certain time frame. Yeah. Uh, and really only the like officially reported cases yeah how many people have died at the hands of and do we spend time as a country repenting yeah and and lamenting because i, I think about 9 11 and, and i think of people saying never forget 11 and i and i agree wholeheartedly but then someone talks about lynching and i've heard mm. people saying hey that was in the past we need to move on yeah that was in the past we need to move on we're not that, that's not going on anymore. Um, instead of never forget what happened to never get some of the, the, the largest and scariest acts of terror 
in the country to the form of lynching. Um, yeah. And so that stands out to me for our country's uh, inability or difficulty to truly repent. Can't we? I don't think that, and, and I think this seeps this idea of like, oh, we are good, we are, we're, um, we don't do bad things kind of seeps into the church. Um, and I don't think that we truly lament racism without deeply lamenting our history, our part that we played and repenting. Mm-hmm. We can't, we can't just join the conversation now. It's hard to just say like, Oh, things bad without saying like, Whoa, it's been like this for a long time. Yeah. And, and parts of our country, our churches, parts of our churches are responsible for this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's really good. And I think too, um, it's interesting you give the example of 9-11 versus lynching in the United States of black and brown women and men and children. Um, because another thing that is different about those two is that 9-11 is something that happened to us and lynching is something that we did. And so it, it takes a lot more humility to repent of that than to say, uh, Lord, why did you let this happen to us? Which is still a good thing to do for 9-11. Um, but with that, what would you say to someone who wants to feel sad and angry about injustice, probably someone from majority culture or somebody who's white, um, but feels apathetic? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question uh, because I think that it probably is uh, the reality of a lot of people. Um, yeah. The truth is that with the disconnect from personal experiences of injustice, of racism, of suffering to that extent and, and in that category, it, I can see that it would be hard to feel at least at, at the same depth as people of color. Yeah. Um, but you probably want it. A lot of, of us would agree like, okay, bad things are happening. I, I want to be grieving over that, uh, but I don't have as much of the personal connection a little bit harder. And I think part of the reality is that it's easier to disengage. Yeah. It's easier to say, ah, oh, it's really painful. The news sucks. I'm going to turn off the news um, and not think for a while and have a pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> and so, and so um, here's what my to be. You want to feel pain in the, in a way that supports um people of color and in a way that accurately represents the suffering that's happened in our country. Number one, first step is pray. Ask God to align your heart with his. God hates injustice. Hmm. He hates it. And and God loves the oppressed. So those are are true facts about values, who he is. Um, And if we want to say we follow Christ, and we want to be like him, we need to align our, our heart with his. Um, mm. So that that's my first point. It's just I ask God, align my heart with yours, break my heart where yours is broken. That's a painful prayer. <laughs> that's yeah. a painful prayer, and it's a scary prayer because he might do it. Mm-hmm. We will do it, and you need to be ready for that. Um, yeah. So pray, ask him to, to show you the truth and to mm. bring his heart and his emotions. I think a, a quick side note is that he, um, or a reflection of God's character, God experiences emotion. I think we know that. 
that's a whole nother talk because <laughs> uh, sometimes I feel like we can fall into a temptation of feeling like emotion is is bad. We need right. logic and reasoning. Right. Um, but God does experience emotion. Should we? Uh, mm-hmm. and we should surrender our emotion to be aligned with God's. So. Secondly is learn, um, intentionally look for themes of lament and themes of in scripture. I promise they're there. I promise it's, it's, it's throughout scripture. Um, if you really don't want to, you probably won't, but I promise it's there. (laughs) So go in and look for it. Um, and then read books about the experiences of those who have dealt with or or felt injustice Mm. and racism, um, education, watchdog. Talk to friends um, if it if it seems appropriate if they're willing um, and be humble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be ready and willing to acknowledge that the history that you believe to be true might not be. Mm-hmm. There might be some more deaths. There might be some other things we don't know about. Number three is practice. Um, mm-hmm. Practice you experience lament. Practice lament. It's a spiritual discipline, and that means it's going to take discipline. Yeah, you're, you might you might not immediately just feel completely in touch with it and say, "Wow, this is the best experience ever." First of all, it's not usually the best experience ever. It's painful, but it is yeah. necessary. Yeah. Uh, and secondly, like I said, discipline. You keep coming back to it. You might feel like it's just not going to work, but you just keep coming back. It's the same as a, as a physical discipline, trying to to learn how to do pulls or, or whatever the case might be. Like you just got to keep coming back. Um, yeah. And as you practice. And with people, invite others into your lament, experience it together corporately, and maybe even try writing down a lament, mm-hmm. write down your, your own thoughts. Uh, those are three quick things that come to mind, uh, which was just pray, learn, practice. Yeah. Wow. That's good. I, when I wrote down that question, I was like, I'm curious what he's going to say, because I don't even know how I would answer that question, but... Um, I love your three things that you listed because I, I feel like for me personally, it's been a process of logically recognizing it's wrong to feeling the pain in the grief in the moment. Um, and yeah, it's taken practice, but also just learning and, and, uh, bringing it before the Lord. So, um, that's really good to, uh, as we're kind of, going into the practice portion of it, how do we lament? Like what are some practical instructions or tips on how to do that? Absolutely. Um, how do we lament? So one of the things that uh, we notice from scripture, when you look at, at the Psalms, um, is that there's common patterns uh, in biblical prayers of lament. There's common patterns, things that always seem to happen, um, or at least commonly seem to happen. First is um, speak to God. So lament, speak to God. I think with some of the, like the depth of, of that pain and suffering, it's easy to internalize it sometimes. It's mm-hmm. a just trust in God. Keep on feeling the feeling, but trust that God's going to transform that and change that without ever actually bringing it to Him and saying, "God, this is the way I'm feeling." <laughs> so speak to God. Um, don't yeah. avoid the pain. Don't run away from it. Don't disengage mm-hmm. um, because. Like I mentioned earlier, it can be tempting to disengage, um, and but you need to, to, to have rest um, and be prepared for conversations, but um, press in. So press in when it's hard, and it will be hard. Mm-hmm. 
don't pretend everything's okay, <laughs> um, but talk to God, acknowledge who you're speaking to. So come into a time of lament, knowing that you're talking to the, the universe, knowing that he cares, he wants to hear about where your heart is, and he and heart is lined up with, with justice and with wisdom. God wants to answer those prayers and wants to show up. And don't be afraid to talk to him either. Sometimes we might say the wrong things in lament, and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, because we're being raw and honest with God, he wants to hear it. He's not going to turn you away. He's not going to say, how dare you mm-hmm. walk away from me right now. <laughs> uh, he's going to walk. He's going to want to hear your heart out. Um, so speak to God. Number two, externalize and express pain. Use words to capture your emotion. Mm-hmm. We, we have certain feelings into words you can you can put them into poems you can put them into prayer you can put them into song uh but re- be real about how you feel and ask questions we see in the laments like the song is not afraid to question god mm-hmm. <laughs> and that sounds scary used to it you can't question god the psalmist is not afraid the psalmist says how long mm-hmm. uh, uh will you allow these injustices to happen where are you at god yeah <laughs> I- I weep, God. <laughs> What's going on? What in the world is your plan? Don't be afraid to ask. Uh, and there's no need to get it together first. You don't have mm-hmm. to come to God saying, I, I, I'm good. Um, just be real. Be honest. Go to him wherever you're at. Number three, supplication. Ask God to do something. You want to actually change. Uh, when you when you spend time in lament, why are you lamenting? What injustice? or pain uh, or suffering have you experienced that you want different or gone or changed. Ask, show your faith in God. Show that you believe he can make those changes happen. Show your hope in God. And then just ask him. <laughs> ask him to do something, to show up. Number four is trust. Express your ultimate trust in God so we, uh, we can see that there's a lot of pain and questions and doubt doubts are okay um but this is where we we return to our knowledge of who god is we are experiencing a disconnect potentially from what we read god what we know about god and then how we feel but this is where we come back to what, what we know to the knowledge but god i i feel all this pain i don't know where you're at but you know what i do know that you're good Scripture tells me that that you love me scripture tells me that you love justice that you want good things to happen that you hate evil Um, and even though i feel pain and suffering just know that that you're good and so it's the making the decision to trust him so four points speak to god externalize and express your pain supplication trust yeah wow that's powerful um and i think uh taking in uh notes from the psalms too if you feel like you don't know where to start, the Psalms are a good place to model your lament after. Um, so lastly, um, are there any resources that you know of uh, to continue this spiritual discipline of lament? Yeah, you know, interestingly enough, the first the first resource that I want to recommend or point us to is yourself, hmm. your own heart. Uh, lament flows from pain. Lament naturally flows from, from pain and suffering. Um, and so I would challenge you to explore the pain inside of your own life. I know it's weird to think about that as a resource, but if that's the origin of, of, of what causes lament, uh, go in 
hard places, <laughs> the places yeah. that, that you, you lock up and you don't ever want to talk about or think about again, bring them up um, mm-hmm. as a resource and surrender them to the Lord and be real about them, Lord. <laughs> uh, so search your own heart. Secondly, is scripture. Pray the Psalms of Lament. You can you can turn to, to Psalms. Um, you can read Lamentations. You can look for themes of talk about this. Uh, but just search God's word uh, because that is our resource um, that we have. And so number three, um, actually a sermon from, from reality. Uh, so uh, my pastor, um, Lazo, just recently gave a sermon called Race and Riots. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, that would be a really nice resource that I recommend uh, going to for Lament. He talks, he talks about a lot of the things that I just talked about. Um, he shares why Lament is, is hard uh, for us. It's not a part of our vocabulary. Um, and, and he talks about uh, lamented response to racism. So I highly encourage, uh, if you haven't seen that sermon, go check it out. And lastly, and, and I know I could really never supposed to do this, but I'm going to recommend um, a book read. <laughs> but I'm not just recommending it saying, go read this. I'm sure it's good. Uh, I want to read it with you. And so uh, I talked about Prophetic Lament um, by Sing Chan Ra, and I've listened to uh, some of his sermons um, on the topic, uh, and I've read some summaries, um, enough to, to know, I think, that this is going to be a really good book. <laughs> and so uh, what I'd say is, is I'd encourage you to read it. Uh, I actually just picked it up myself. And so if you want to read it, we can read it together. We can talk about it. Um, and then I actually, uh, thinking about your, your podcast from last week, um, when you featured uh, your friend, uh, and she did something that stood out to me uh, that I, I kind of want to follow in her footstep. Um, she gave out her phone number just as a resource as well. Mm-hmm. And I would love to do that too, uh, just because um, if this interests you and you want to continue the conversation, um, so do I. And so my phone number uh, is 559-339-806. Um, Can you repeat that one more time? Because it glitched out for a second. Yeah, you bet. It- Five nine three three nine eight zero two six. Cool. Uh, so feel free to text me, call me if you want to talk more. Uh, especially if you're going to read the book. Like I said, let's read it together. Fun. Um, but these are the resources that I, that uh, come to my mind. Thanks again for listening to the follower. See you next time.